Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now we turn to the Kentucky Standard for news in Bartstown in Nelson County. Your reader today is Brian Hunt. As a reminder, Radio Eye is a reading service intended for people who are blind or have other disabilities that make it difficult to read printed material. We will begin with the edition dated October 26th. Tharp becomes Armory's first female commander. First Lieutenant Commander Graciela Tharp made history over the weekend becoming the first female artillery firing battery commander of the Bardstown National Guard Battalion. Tharp participated in the passing of the flag, a ceremony that symbolizes the passing of authority from one commander to the next. It's been a really, really amazing opportunity for me as the first female of almost every job that I've had since I've been here to be able to step into that role and show them, you know, what we can do and that we belong here, Tharp said after the ceremony, just being able to, I guess, forge a trail in that sense. For the next year, Tharp will be in command of a company that has a notable history that inspired the book, The Sons of Bardstown. One of the more notable things was this unit here was in Vietnam. They were at Firebase Tomahawk, said 25-year veteran Commander Sergeant Major Philip Miller. It was a major battle that garnered a bunch of attention because of the number of people that were injured in that fight. Miller said veterans from that time period still stop in to see what's going on with the unit to visit and reminisce. The battalion's part in history goes back even further and continues to unfold in the modern era. All of the major conflicts this, uh, this battalion, this unit, has been a part of, he said. The latest one we did was actually in 2013. We went to the Horn of Africa as a battalion for a safety mission. Miller said the units have also been called out to aid in areas closer to home that have been affected by severe weather and extreme acts of nature. With Tharp's promotion to commander, the local battery continues to make historical strides and open paths for others in the future. Today was a very significant day in this unit's history and in this battalion's history for us, Miller said. It's been a very long process of trying to have female soldiers come into our units because originally, many years ago, field artillery was considered combat arms, so the military did not let field females into those units. But with those changes and things like that, we're starting to get more and more female soldiers into our units. He added that this will become a more common occurrence as the process continues to change and move forward. Tharp, a New Jersey native, took over Sunday afternoon, joined by her family watching over the proceedings. 
The Louisville resident says she looks forward to serving and staying involved with the local community. I've really enjoyed the community here, and it seems like this unit is very tied to the community, Tharp said. I want to continue to uphold that. I want us to be able to serve one another well between us and the community, and so I'm looking forward to maintaining that and continuing that as well. Next. Bardstown Schools Provide Construction Update In last week's Bardstown Independent School Board meeting, the system is finalizing the construction on the new Bardstown Elementary School in addition to exploring planned upgrades to the campus so as to make the buildings more energy efficient. Wes Davis of Codell Construction said their crews were able to get a lot of work done on the new school during the recent fall break. We're down to just a handful of items on the list, he said. Landscaping, caulking, and some electrical work was still to be done, and Davis said he will also be training school staff in how to operate the school's lighting system. Superintendent Ryan Clark welcomed the news, especially one of the centerpieces of the main foyer of the building. The new slide, it's finally been installed, he said. Students have been excited about it, and adults too. Clark also said the bids for the renovation of the career and technical education facility, which will go into the old Bardstown Elementary space, were positive, but that he was concerned about the possibility of inflation driving up the cost of construction. The board rejected the first round of bids and opened it up to a second round of bidding as a result. The renovation is expected to cost more than the $10 million grant the district has set aside for the construction, and the remainder will have to be bonded out. CMTA's Andrew Roby was on hand to update the board on its process of renovating the HVA systems for the campus through its guaranteed energy savings contract. In the three years since geothermal wells were dug for Bardstown Middle School, as well as lighting upgrades district-wide, Roby said savings for the school system were at 35%, nearly doubled its goal of 18%. The total saved over the three-year term was $292,021, with $149,000 excess over the projected amount of 142000 I think this is a great success, he said, and the way the contract works, it should insulate the school system from rising energy costs. The next plan is for geothermal wells to be dug for the Career and Technical Education Center in February 2023, then May 2023 for a well that will go in near the football practice field. A third one will be installed in the school system's north parking lot. Rovi said the well fields should last 50 years and once complete should make BCS one of the most efficient school districts in the state when it comes to energy usage. In other news, the board discussed school climate and efforts at team building and camaraderie with a focus on how students can report bullying and other abuse to school officials. 
The school system is setting up an anonymous helpline to report such incidents, and school resource officer Andrew Riley has also been assisting with these efforts. Part of those efforts also includes suicide prevention training. In addition, Taylora Schlosser spoke at a recent assembly about her Ray of Sunshine charity, which encourages discussions on suicide prevention and the stigma of mental health while promoting positive acts of kindness within the school system. The school system will conduct social and emotional screening with students to further help with those efforts. In the spring of 2022, the school reported that 124 students were checked on because of concerns over the students' well-being, with most of those students in either Bardstown High School or Middle School. So far this year, there have been 180 responses from students through the helpline, and the system has posters displayed throughout the campuses with QR codes on them to make it easier for students to anonymously report issues. The school system approved the November purchase of a new bus for $112,295, which Transportation Director Todd Hood said will be delivered in May or June of 2023. It will be financed for 10 years at a 3.5 interest rate by the Kentucky Interlocal School Transportation Association. We have a really good-looking fleet of school buses, Hood said. Chief Financial Officer Tracy Rogers noted that tax bills have gone out and residents can get a discount by paying early. At at uh, last week's meeting, 23% of outstanding tax bills have already been collected, up from 21% at this time last year. The board discussed the Kindness Project, where kids in grades 2 through 5 will conduct a letter-writing campaign where every student will send and receive through campus mail a letter of positive reinforcement. The system is considering expanding the project to include middle school students. The board approved contract with Language Line Services to help kids and families who are non-English speakers communicate better with the school system. Those using the service can call in and set up an interpreter services by phone or access the service online, helping streamline communication. Cost of the service is based on usage. Next. Booker and Paul talk less government ahead of November 8th. U.S. Senate candidates Charles Booker, Democrat, and incumbent Rand Paul, Republican, made stops in Bardstown to speak with voters and make the final pitches of their campaigns over the weekend. While the two candidates find themselves on opposite sides of the political aisle, their message to voters was much the same, freedom of choice and less government say on what people can and cannot do with their bodies. Who would have ever thought that the government via your governor would show up on Easter Sunday with government agents to take your license plate? I say never again, 
Paul said to an applauding audience at the Farmer's Market Pavilion Saturday morning. Locking us down, sending kids home, closing the restaurants, closing the hotels, closing the gyms. Paul went on to say in his criticism of Dr. Anthony Fauci that he believed the coronavirus shutdown came down more to the business of science instead of actual science. They put themselves forward as these great caregivers that are going to do research to cure cancer. I think some of them are motivated by that, Paul said. But you know what? Frankly, some are motivated by money, and we need to look into this. The night before Paul made his speech to rally voters to bring a red wave and give Republicans the power they need to free the country from hands of restrictive government, Booker also pledged to ensure the government's hands would be kept out of making decisions on health care, specifically decisions regarding a woman's body. Our human rights are at stake. The idea that our children can live in a free and safe society, dream big, surpass their dreams, said Booker, a father of three daughters. I don't want my daughters to become state property because they become pregnant or if they're a victim of rape or incest and the government says, okay, you don't get health care now. We have to demand that our government is accountable to us all. This statement appeared to have cost Booker a potential voter in the county who said she was with him until he made his stance on abortion and opposing amendments 1 and 2 on the November ballot. You lost me when you asked us to kill babies, said Becky Kurtzinger from the back of the crowd Friday afternoon. You didn't say killing babies and you didn't use the word abortion, but that is not health care. Booker told Kurtzinger that forcing a woman to her death because of religious beliefs was a matter of personal opinion and not the role of government. I respect your personal belief, Booker said. My concern and my problem, and why I'm saying to vote no on Amendment 2, is the role of government. The government should not be in the business of enforcing personal beliefs. Next. A column... Just imagine, by Margie Bradford, just imagine not being able to have a voice in your government under a self-appointed king or dictator. Our ancestors certainly lived in that reality and exist in the present day in other countries today. We Americans take our democratic way of government for granted, but if January 6, 2021 taught us anything, it should be that democracy is fragile and must be carefully tended and nourished and protected from those who would destroy it in their quest for power. The best protection for our democracy is for the citizens to go to the polls and vote. When you have less than a majority of registered voters voting, you are allowing a minority of the electorate to determine your government. This is a reality as less than 50% of the electorate frequently determines elections. In Kentucky, it is easier to vote than ever. Early, no excuse required voting on November 3rd, 4th, and 5th at the main Nelson County Library means no long lines to stand in. Centralized voting at the library on Election Day means you don't have to know your precinct or rush home from work in town if you don't. 
Absentee ballots can be obtained online to be mailed in or dropped in the county clerk's drop box. Our county clerk, Jeanette Sidebottom, has mailed out voting information cards to all registered voters that gives all the information a voter needs, including the location of your precinct. If you did not receive a card, you may not be registered to vote. If there is any doubt, call the county clerk's office at 502-348-1820, extension 7. Just imagine the satisfaction of knowing that you have done your civic duty as a citizen in helping preserve democracy, and you just might help elect the candidate of your choice. Next. Bardstown Council candidates meet for second debate. The at times acrimonious campaign for Bardstown City Council saw its second round of debates Thursday as 10 of the 12 candidates made their way to the stage at Bardstown High School to discuss their positions. Incumbent Councilman Roland Williams and David Dones did not attend the event, which was hosted by our Commonwealth. Candidates were questioned on what the job of the city council member is. Matthew Cooper said that as he has been campaigning, he has talked to a number of business owners who had concerns about how the city is regulated, and he worries that the same rules don't apply to everyone. The job of the city council is to enforce codes, and the codes can be enforced fairly, Cooper said. Looking forward, and especially in the past with this current administration, I don't believe that's been properly executed. Incumbent Joe Buckman said running a clean local government while pursuing economic opportunities to grow the city has been one of his goals while on the council. You need to represent all the people, and I think you need to bring a very balanced view, he said, and also noted that he makes sure to vote his conscience and not based on any other influences and not getting caught up in any agendas. City Council is all about serving. Alyssa Robbins said she was concerned about the Council's transparency and she hopes to improve upon that if she is elected. Incumbent Franklin Hibbs IV said a key role he has learned while on the council is the importance of taking care of the city's budget. We need to be fiscally responsible with every one of the taxpayers' funds and make sure they're being used in the best manner possible, he said. I think we've done a great job these past four years focusing on making sure our police department and fire department are adequately staffed. He also noted that building the new fire station on Arch Pendergrass Way has helped improve the city's fire rating for insurance purposes. Skylar McCune said he wants to see the next city council do a better job at being responsive to the needs of the residents, stressing fairness and equity and truth and integrity. We need to be listening to the citizens and bringing their concerns to the forefront and doing our best to address those, he said. My goal is to be a servant of the people. Incumbent Betty Kelly Hart noted that the City Council's job is well-defined, including budgeting and staff management for the city and its various departments. 
But we all know we do a lot more than that, she said, and it's our responsibility. We receive phone calls and texts, any type of communication from citizens who are experiencing issues or have questions. Angel Thompson said a city council member might face a variety of issues from day to day and week to week, such as infrastructure, but that it's important to be even-handed while doing so. It's very important that people trust you, she said. The most important thing is the genuine concern to see that your community, the city of Bardstown, continues to grow and to be able to maintain the upkeep for the people in the city. Barbara Blackstone said her past work as an ambassador of the, for the Chamber of Commerce, as well as working with other organizations in the city and county, have given her a servant's perspective. She said a key concern she's heard from residents while campaigning is to help bring new recreational options to the city for kids. She said that and maintaining Bardstown's historical charm are among her priorities. Incumbent Bill Sheckles said one of the things he is proud of during his recent time on the council is how well it works together. The best method of government for the council is compromise, he said. In the 20 and something years I've been involved in city government, these last four years have been the best years that this Bardstown City Council has had in doing the right thing for the city of Bardstown. There's no set agendas. Everybody's on the same page. Gay Ballard said she would like to help the city become more transparent if she were elected. I am a huge proponent of open records and open meanings, and I have a right to know under the law, she said. To that end, she said she has made dozens of open records requests in recent years in order to educate herself on what is going on in city government. The top six vote-getters in the November 8th election will have a seat on the next council. Mayor Dick Heaton is running unopposed. Next. Bardstown issues a boil water advisory. The city has issued a boil water advisory for the following locations on Monday. Avis Road, 218 and 224. Breezy Way, 1102 through 1133. Brentwood Lane, 528 through 5. 52, Cliffwood Drive from 1005 to 1020, Ed Brent Road, 1408 through 1455, Hutchins Lane and Hutchins Court, 100 through 1325, Ora Brent Road, 10 through 260, Potter Shop Loop, 252 through 531, Windriff Court, 1000 through 1119, Loretto Road, 2174 through 3311. Potter Shop Road, 14 through 2749. Springfield Road, 1235 through 1815. Please be advised that all homes in the Spring Hill subdivision are also impacted by Monday's advisory. This includes all addresses on the following roads. Angela Drive, Apollo Place, Cecil Court, Fraser Court, Indian Trail, 
Marvin Downs Lane, Olympia Drive, Rainbow Court, Scenic Drive, Spring Hill Drive, St. James Court, Valley View Drive, Vista Court. The city expects this advisory to last about two to three days and will notify customers when the advisory is lifted. Boil water guidelines, private residences should use bottled or properly treated water in preparing meals, drinks, and washing produce and dishes. If bottled or properly treated water is not available, water should be brought to a rolling boil for at least one minute and allowed to cool before use in food preparation or drinks. For ready-to-use baby formula, if possible, prepare powdered or concentrated baby formula with bottled or properly treated water. Dispose of all ice in ice makers that was made during the boil water advisory. Hand washing in the home may be accomplished by using hot water from the tap and soap. It is recommended that this be followed up with the use of hand sanitizer. Use bottled or properly treated water when brushing your teeth. Normal bathing may take place during a boil water advisory. However, be careful not to swallow any water. Use caution when bathing babies and young children. Consider giving them a sponge bath to reduce the chance of them swallowing water. Many pets should be unaffected by a boil water advisory, but there's always exceptions. As a precautionary measure, include your pet in the boil water advisory. In addition, because of dry conditions, the city and county are under a burn ban in order to sprint the spread of wildfires. Next, a missing Bardstown teen located. Cadence Riggle has been located according to a post by the Breckenridge County Sheriff's Office Friday. The 15-year-old was reported missing Sunday after sneaking out of a family cabin in Breckenridge County. Before being reported missing, she was seen by a Hardenburg, Hardensburg police officer in a Walmart parking lot inside a gray 2012 Ford sedan with 18-year-old Marcus Durvins of Bardstown. Riggle has not been located until after print time for the Sunday edition of the Kentucky Standard. No other information has been made available at this time. Next. Recent obituaries include Clifton Cliff Hutchinson, 84, of Bardstown. Joseph Julian Jr. Nally Jr., 74, of Cox's Creek. Nancy Sharon Vitito, 75, of Nazareth. Colonel Gilberto Cardenas, 94, of Puerto Rico. Paul Lewis Hardin, 82, of Bardstown. Linda Lee Lime, 66, of Bardstown, formerly of Boston. William Raymond Magruder, 83, of Lebanon, Junction. Charles Edward Sidebottom, 77, of Boston. Devante Deshaun D.C. Connor, 29, of Bardstown. This is all the time we have for reading of recent editions of the Kentucky Standard. 
If you have enjoyed hearing this, please call us at 502-565-1914 and let us know. On behalf of everyone here at Radio I, this is Brian Hunt. Thank you for joining me, and now please stay tuned for continued programming. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.